Some people live in their minds, some people live in their emotions, others in their bodies, and others in their possessions. It's actually, not only is it incidental, but it may be to a certain degree intrinsic. What I mean is as follows, that it's not incidental that some people have an, have an inclination towards being more practically orientated to be living in the world of action more perhaps than in the world of academics. There are some people who are naturally academic, some people who are naturally practical, some people who are more talented emotionally, and some people who, who connect more to tangible things even than to their bodies. It could be that the nature of man, the nature of man, there are different natures. In, in you could say it in the words, but we won't, so we won't. Good. There's, there's, different, there's different levels as well. What I'd like to discuss, again, carrying on with the theme, this is no, no new theme, no new theme. Um, the four levels of self, using, using your talents and abilities in every area of yourself as means of expression, of tools, of utilizing them to fulfill the ultimate will of the Creator. It's, 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 you, you are this, you're entrusted, you're entrusted with, with finite mechanisms which are transcendent. Transcendent means that they are able through your utilization to do something which is bigger than the place and time in which that thing occurs. It has consequences which stretch beyond. So if a person uses his mouth to share a idea of wisdom to someone else so that that conversation took place over let's say a span of three minutes on Tuesday the 14th of July. But the consequences of what, of what, of what that conversation did Firstly, practically, it will maybe change this person's entire way of seeing things. So it stretches beyond that moment in the way he sees, he sees his parents because it was, it was a discussion about, let's say, keep it off A. And the person was able to give a person and he reframed his entire perspective of what parents are. And from that day onwards, every time he sees his parents, he sees them differently. As a result, he behaves differently. And it generates a whole chain reaction of but it was, it was limited in a two-minute conversation on Tuesday, 14th of July. So that's called transcendent, that it's not limited in the space and time. It's a basic transcendence. Obviously, the ultimate transcendence is that that mo me moment has so much meaning contained within it that it actually doesn't, it goes on to eternity. The meaning has, it locks into something which is, which is not, it, in its own right, has a higher source has a higher source. In its own right, the connection between you is not limited in the, w w the physical world and then it goes way, way beyond it. You do something which is, which is super physical. Something which is super physical means something that the natural laws of nature wouldn't demand of you. So, for example, when you stretch yourself to give up your sleep, your money, your lunch, for someone else, so the laws of nature demand the opposite. They say, protect yourself. The law of survival is what governs the laws of nature. So when you rise above it, so that means you're living on a plane right now in this world, which is above this world. It's not that it's the, the, the notion of spirituality is something which is projecting the future, some type of ethereal place, some type of Jewish Valhalla. 
Chalila Vachas. But rather, rather the spiritual world is a mo- is a, an experience right now. That the if I have the capacity to be able to, in my interaction with on any level myself with someone else or with the Creator, I can have a moment of prayer where the way the author of the Shulchan Aruch describes prayer as a taking off of my physical garb. It's pashtus agashmis. I just I take and I am able to lock into a place of of connection that I realize that I realize that the things that have been given in the physical realm are simply to be used but I realize that there's something beyond them because the minute you define your physical all four levels as Kalim you're by default defining yourself as something beyond those a Kli is always the thing that's used it's not the thing itself it's always secondary there's the essence and then there's the, the utensil you never mistake the cook for the Magimix Ah, is that the chef? Oh no, 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 no. That's the mixer. God, you realize that the chef uses a mixer, but the chef is beyond the mixer. The relationship of a person using an instrument, he's always above and beyond the instrument. So the minute you start to relate to even your intellect as an instrument, that means you're above your intellect. So where where is that place above? The place above means you're above the physical world. There's something above. There's something above that's not governed by the thrust and pull of day-to-day existence. Are, are, you, are you following me? I know I'm speaking in ethereal terms. No, and this is a mistake many make. That you can't, that, that knowing can't come, the intellect is defined. Understanding, okay, again, I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to say things which are, which are ideas which are, which are hard to, you need to get, a lot of, a lot of the process that we're going through, and that's why I've been hankering on about the same theme time and time again every every time we begin which is probably what it sounds like to you um, it's because you have to get used to that you have to get used to the ideas it's a different way of thinking so you have to hear the ideas often enough to get used to them no um, you have to understand that there's a part of self which which goes beyond thinking and I explain why thinking by its very definition employs the utilization of boundaries as its fundamental process. The way I understand something, and understanding of a given concept is always by the point where it stops. It's the, whole, the whole role of thinking means limitation, boundary. Kindness is, it has to have a place. Kindness is, and I, then I give a definition to it, it is extending myself beyond my normal Kindness is idea extending myself beyond my physical limitations. Okay? Illustration. I'm exhausted because I went to sleep last night at two o'clock after Slichas and at three thirty my roommate wakes up and he says he's not feeling well and I jump out of bed and I go and I bring him a glass of water. That's called chesed. But that's got a specific definition. Now, is it also chesed? Is it also chesed? Two, I've got a surplus of food in my place that I don't want. And I look at someone next to me who hasn't got food. And I say, gosh, I have a great way of getting rid of my food. I'll say to him, hi, do you want some of my food? I'll shift it onto his plate. And then I don't feel bad about wasting food. Is that chesed? No, that's not chesed. Because there, you don't want to eat the food. So the only reason you're giving it to him is because you want to feel better about yourself and he doesn't come he's just a vehicle for yourself 
So the way that you define that this is Chesmes or Chesmes is you make a boundary, you make a definition. A definition in Hebrew is called a Hagdara. Hagdara comes from the word Geder. Geder means you have to surround it. The entire operation of philosophical thinking is precisely that. Giving boundaries and definitions to an idea, the way you know something. And this is the point that you have to grasp, Ezra. And you have to grasp it deep, 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 deeply. And it's a point that we have nowhere yet of understanding. But let's begin. Let's begin the process. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is called the ex- exact opposite of all this. In other words, let me explain to you in a different way what does it mean. What does it mean, thinking? Thinking means everything has a soft, it has an end. That's what thinking means. I give things their correct parameters. Just like we've said many times before, that sightedness in the realm of real vision is when you can delineate the boundaries of the given object. The reason why, Ariel Fagan, I can see your brightly colored green and blue and funny type of gray shirt with turquoise in the middle, one wonders why, is because my eye is is, is sophisticated enough to differentiate between the different and I see lines, I see lines that's called sightedness if I take off my glasses all I see is an amorphous mass of greeny turquoisey colour I can't see clearly what's going on in fact your head blends into it as well um, that's, that's called a lack of sightedness because the lines aren't crisp just as in sightedness in the physical sense the, the crisper the lines the better your sight so to intellect said the crisper the lines crisper line means this is the end of the idea stops here it means this and no longer yes it means when you give over of yourself for the other and not when you give him something for yourself boom there's a line that divides so that means there's a sof the Rebbeinu Shalom is called Ein Sof which means we can't think about him because we can only think our mind only works to think about things which have got soft so our understanding of the Creator doesn't allow for intellectual investigation understanding the Rebbeinu Shalom means that our mind stops because it's working in a world where there's no such thing as a given boundary to the idea so therefore the understanding of who the Rebbeinu Shalom is is completely and utterly beyond our grasp and since each and every one of us has a chalik mimao, which is anashama, it means there's a part of us that we also can't grasp through our intellect because it's beyond definition. And that's the part which is what we're discussing and trying to feel around and discover internally is a part which is beyond the intellect, and it's beyond the emotion, it's beyond the body, and it's beyond the possessions. And therefore that doesn't, um, we can't think about it. But if you can't think about it, then how can you experience it? Because we are used to thinking that we can only grasp what we can think about. And there's no other way of accessing a level of knowledge other than through intellectual processes. And therefore, we get trapped at this point in time. And that's what leads us to a deep, deep denial of the spiritual world because we limit our comprehension to intellectual, philosophical thought. Whereas there's a different element of self which bypasses the intellectual process, can be experienced, of course, could never be put into words. You could never share it with anyone else. But you yourself could experience it. And until you have access to that point, so essentially you haven't entered into the realm of what we know as the spiritual world. So that becomes a terrifying thought for many people that think the highest level is thought. Because they're still trapped into a physical world. Granted, an abstract, ethereal, but a world full of boundaries. They are prisoners.
of their minds. Yes, Michael. So back to your kindness example, throwing it in the garbage or giving it to the your friend that doesn't have any food next to you is the same thing. In terms of no, it's not the same thing. It's very different. But but neither one is chesed. Neither one is chesed. One is. Okay, one second, so just let me explain what you're doing. We mentioned the entire approach. As an example, we mentioned the definition. And now what you're doing is you're harping on the definition. So let me illustrate to you why your understanding of the, de- if the definition was wrong to begin with, and hence you're having the confusion. The definition was extending yourself beyond your normal physical parameters for the good of another. Now, when I have a lot of food on my plate that I don't want to waste, and I see my friend that has got space in his plate, and I want to shift it from this side to another, does that fit under the category, extending myself beyond my parameters for the good of another? No, I don't want to eat the food. There's no extension of myself. Wait, there's no extension of myself. Do I care about him? No, I care about my feeling inside of myself that I don't want food to be wasted. Does that fit under the category as we've defined? I'm not saying that's the ultimate definition of case. No, that's where the lines are cut. Now you're going to say to me, but Rabbi, isn't it a good thing? But Vakasha, it's a good thing. Does it fit under the category? No. Do you agree with me? No. There's a, I, I agree with the first part you said, but there's yeah. a heightened level of sensitivity. Gavaldic, you're a good guy. Is it Chesed? No. Are you a wasteful person? You're far less wasteful. Are you a person that could volunteer for Yad Ezra? Papashtas. Thank you. Irrelevant two fitting under this gedder. If you can't think clearly, so then everything is fuzzled and the whole world becomes an amorphous mass of muddled ideas. As we all know who the ultimate enemy of the Talmudic student is, don't we, Feldman? Exactly. Vagueness! He waits behind every line, he prays beneath every word, ready to pass and to suffocate your pshat. As you were saying, Israel, you were saying something. You were just pondering. How about getting a kasha from Lou? So, can we go back to the schnitzel example then and use use this? Again, let's not let's not. No, no, but I'm saying is toffel and ikka. This example is the toffel. It's irrelevant. I I understand that, but I'm saying, in other words, chesed, chesed. Who cares about chesed? I don't want to talk about chesed. Fine, use fine, this so example, fine, 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 fine. So surpassing it would not be making the decision in your head to say, I want to do this for you, would just be acting. Like your roommate's sick, you just get up and get a glass of water without even thinking about it. Because if you thought about it, that would be using your intellect in order to say, oh, I should get him a glass of water. I should just hop out of bed, get him a glass of water, just act. Because then, it, like, is that rising okay, above no. the intellect by just acting? Because I already know what the okay, correct answer sorry. is. Okay, now I understand your question. Your question is as follows. If we say, therefore, that the purpose of a man is to transcend, mm-hmm. so does that mean you have to not use your intellect? Surely not. No, no, no. But it I means mean, you have to use your intellect right for this purpose. Mm-hmm. Means you have to do, mean, meaning that the core self, even though it's indefinable, but we know that it manifests in certain ways. And the Torah guides us in how to use, how to, you, let, let's, again, we're dealing in a world which is hard to, to speak about. Mm-hmm. But let's say that this, this, core, this core of goodness, this core of goodness, so it has no form. But if it is to enter into this world, it has to have a form. Mm-hmm. So what form should it take? The Torah gives us the form. 
I've got this desire of kindness. Now, this desire to kindness could express itself as a connection to another. It could, con- it could express itself in absolute promiscuity. I'm extending myself to so many different people because I want to share. Serious, it could. The Torah comes and says, no, no, no. That's not the right expression. That's not how this light will come into the world. This is how it should come into the world. Those are the Hagdoras. Those are the boundaries that are set up. But the light itself is unlimited. Again, this is, I'm speaking about these words because it's very difficult. But really, what we do in our lives is analogous to what the Creator does with His world. Kodesh is unlimited. He's ethereal, he has no boundaries, and he creates a world which is limited and has boundaries. And, and so how do you, how can that be? How can that be? So that's, that's the secret of, of, of restriction and constriction, that this divine light becomes incorporated in this. Rabbi I realize I'm, I'm, I'm speaking on too, on too lofty a level, and therefore maybe we should just perhaps try to land. It's land. Okay? What does this mean practically? What does this mean practically? In other words, yes, it's nice to speak philosophy. Alex, you want to ask something? Uh, I don't know if we're going to land. Let's just see what, what happens. Let's see what happens when we land. Alright, well, I, we might be taken off. Alright. Okay, so you have different forms of uh, your. Let's put yourself in a situation. Okay, the lowest level is you're mad about something, so you punch a wall. Alright, the next level is you're mad about something, but your intellect intellect is at a higher level to stay where you see that you're mad about something. Alright? So do you problem solve through the higher intellect or do you transcend to your lower intellect in order to fix that situation? Well well describe me in your mind's eye what those two two examples would look like practically. Alright, so how did you get mad, by the way? Let's just explore this. Right, let's, let's use uh, Moses as an example. No, no, no. I'd much rather use Alex. Okay. Okay. Let's use something from real life. We're trying to land over here. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm sure you've never been angry in your life. No, but, but, uh, but, uh, Reuben over here. You've been angry. So let's use. Uh, so, uh, you pretend that you were Reuben for a moment and cite a situation when he could have got angry. You made me angry? No, just give me an example of when you were angry. Okay, I knock over my uh, my my base, my pride, my prize. Real life. Think about something which happened. Oh, this happened. Okay, I bumped it over and it shattered all over the floor. Okay. I'm at the lowest level right now. I'm like, you know, like you said, we're attached to our our physical possessions. I look at it and I'm mad and I'm like, oh. Who no, are you I'm mad at? Um, I guess I'd be mad at myself. I mean, I'd be mad at myself. I, I'd, I'd just be, you'd be mad. Like, I mean, you know. You can't just be mad. You're always mad at someone. I mean, if, if you got in your car. Ariel, who's he mad at when he breaks his laws? When you, you, have you ever been angry with yourself? Yeah. How does it work? Give me an example. What happened? You also got this vase? How many guys have this vase? I didn't, I didn't realize Bochum was saying to vases. Like, you know, I thought like you'd use an example like perhaps of a cup or an iPad or a phone or something. But no, vase stories, it's all in the vase. Like, do you guys have lots of flowers in your rooms? Like, what's the story here? Fagin, what? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Give me a juicy case. Hey, 
You dropped your phone. You dropped your phone. What happened next? The screen broke. So you drop your phone and you see the screen's broken. What do you, what's your reaction to that? You're angry with yourself. How can you be angry? What part of yourself are you angry with? I don't understand. How can you be angry at yourself? So you're angry at... Who's angry? So there's two people over here, right? Just trying to work out who they are. So, so who's angry at who? Which part of the self is angry with which part of the self? Your intellect. One second. It's, he's angry, okay? You can't. Go on. <laughs> who's angry with whom? Who's you and who's the conducting? Again, I, I, all I want to know. It's the same entity. Have you, can, can one person experience two contrary emotions simultaneously? Can you, can you be angry at yourself and at the same time being the self that you're angry at? Well, I would like to challenge that. I know that there's really two parts. Okay? There's two parts. There's two parts. There's two parts. Okay, who are the two parts? Excellent. And who are those? <laughs> so seemingly the two parts that are angry with one another in the case when you break your phone is there's a part of you, let's call it your seichel, your rational mind. Your rational mind says to you, here's a part of you which says, when carrying your phone, make sure you grasp it firmly and don't place it on the edge of a wall because you need to tie your shoelace. And then you've got your other part of self which is called your laziness. The laser says, to, says, 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 I'm going to put it on the edge of the wall because putting it in a safe place may take me an extra two steps and that's a lot of effort. So your laziness places on your lower self. That's a much lower part of you. It's a desire. It's a basic animalistic part of you. wants to avoid all effort. So that part of you puts the phone on the side of the wall. The intellect never would have recommended that. It breaks and then the intellect says to the, says to the lazy, You idiot! You fool! You knew that could have happened. Why did you do such a stupid thing? Now, what normally happens to the person in that situation? What normally happens is, because we don't know how to deal with that anger, we bounce that on anger onto someone else. So what happens is, I, bre- I put my phone on the side of a ledge, the phone breaks down, the sh- screen shatters, I'm upset, my intellect is upset with my laziness, the two parts of myself, the many parts, but let's say this, in this case, you know, the part of me that said, find a safe place for your phone and not put it on the side of the wall, gets very upset with the lazy part of myself, which says, take a chance, probably won't happen. So I said, you idiot. Now what happens generally is, we can't focus that anger inwards, so we push it outside, and then Rafi comes along and you say, get out of my way! So he said, what did I do? You say, shut up! You want to wonder, how did this happen? I don't understand. You're upset. You're upset because you're upset with your seichels, upset with your, your kercha atzvus, and now Rafi gets a mouthful. How did that work? So what happens is that your fasci- you should take this. I, I, I know this from my own personal experience because I often get angry at myself, and unfortunately you guys have to pay the price. <laughs> if you notice I'm particularly, particularly um, harsh on anyone, it's probably because I'm upset with myself about something. So it's a very strange thing. What we do is we take the anger and instead of focusing it where it should be, because if we put it into ourselves, what would happen was we'd say, do you know what? That's ridiculous. I'm going to make a resolution not to be lazy anymore. But instead of doing that, when you push the anger into a different direction, so you free yourself of obligation. And that's where I've picked up that my, that, that my internal mechanism works, which makes perfect understanding in the light of the Gemara on Daf. Hey, I'm with Aleph in Brochus. 
The Gemara says the following thing is Amar Ablai Bachama. Amar Abshim Benakis. Did Ablai Bachama in the Nevishim. Now he says a very strange thing. He says, La'olam, always, Yahagiz, a person should make, make angry Adam, Yetzer Toivah Yetzara. Your Yetzer Toivah on your Yetzara. You should anger your Yetzer Toivah and Yetzara. That's what you did. That's what you did. Your Seicha, which let's say in this context is your Yetzer Toivah got upset with your Yetzer, which is a foolish, lazy person. That's a good thing. In other words, getting angry in that way is a great idea. So that's an extremely, shockingly bad example of anger. Because that's an anger which can build you. Why did you bring that example? Why didn't you look upon that anger as an attribute, a mile, a uh, good thing? Because you fall into the trap that we all fall into that when you experience that anger, instead of using it to fix yourself up, you use it to break others. Isn't that fascinating? Isn't that fascinating? If you can only turn that anger inwards, it's an anger of transformation. Imagine, Fagan, if you could use all the, you are so angry with yourself, if you could use the anger to metaken yourself to a different person, instead you have to push the anger elsewhere. Not you, but we. I mean, it's Bosnia for sure. I'm saying. Question. Yeah. Um, so, in this example, you, t- you, you, you use your intellect to, which you said is your intellect to get mad at your laziness, but then it seems like your intellect, which says I don't want to process or deal with this, immediately. No, 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 wrong, 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 wrong. This is what happens. The way anger works. How does anger work? Rafik told me. How do you think anger works? What's the mecha- mechanism? Good. So, so anger, if I would like to express it this way, is <coughs> just rephrasing your words, is when there is a collision between the way things you want, the way things you wanted things to happen, and the way things have happened. When my will collides with the reality, the eruption is called anger. I want there to be a seat on the bus. And I come in and there's no seat in the bus. I say, this is ridiculous. What's going on over here? Why didn't they hire a bigger coach? That's called, in my mind, I had a want. My want was there should be enough seats on the bus. When they want it, it collides with the reality. So I get upset. I want there to be whatever it is. It can even be like on a global scale. I want there to be good weather. People are, people, again, people are so out of touch with the reality that they can think that their wants can control the weather. Have you ever seen people that are upset about weather? Mm-hmm. Isn't that the most pathetic thing in the entire world? What do you want? One second, what's your have a mean? Well, my have a mean was, if I wanted to be a bright sunny day, it would be a bright sunny day. I mean, why not? After all, I'm the god of weather. Oh, sorry. Didn't realize you were the god of weather. <laughs> in other words, every time anger presupposes that you're God, I, I go, right? Because only God can control things. I mean, everyone's saying it's anger, it's because you think you're God. In the global sense. In, in, in the events outside of yourself. When you anger at someone or something, it's because you think you're God. You get angry because there's a tri- the bus comes late. So I don't understand why the bus comes late. Surely if I wanted the bus to come late, it should have avoided the traffic jam, should have gone to the air, flown over it, and landed, and landed. Wait, wait, Mikey. It's not about you being right. It's about seeing the truth. Okay? Good. Okay. Sure. Good. So anger involves an element, that's what the Gemara says. Whenever you're angry, it's like you're worshipping idols. That's when you're not angry at yourself. But when you're angry at yourself, it's a completely different dynamic. Because then, it's really a higher part, which is 
which is a true part and the anger is a justifiable anger. When I'm angry at myself, it means I realize my lofty existence and I realize how I've stooped beneath my level and the result of my higher will not being fulfilled causes explosion of anger. That's a great anger to have. When I get angry at myself for not getting out of bed in the morning, I say, I can't believe. So then there's this conflict between a good will, the desire to become resistant, and the laziness. They conflict. When I am angry at myself for eating the ninth helping of chocolate pudding and having a tremendous stomach ache, it's because my higher self gets angry at myself. When I get angry at myself for going to town and getting slightly inebriated using the use of euphemism, slightly inebriated, I get angry at myself for having fallen prey to that. You following me? So that's, that's a good anger. What happens is stage two of that anger. In other words, we've now differentiated two types of anger. External anger, which in that paradigm you think you're God. <laughs> How foolish. And then internal anger, where you live a higher world and you see your lowly self and the collision between your lowly self and your upper self creates an explosion of anger, which is a great thing. But instead of us using that then and saying, well, I'm going to use this energy, and anger is such an energy. Have you seen people who are angry? People who are angry are on fire. They have a life to them. They have a burning power. See a person who's angry, person angry is strong. When a person is angry, they can do things they could never do otherwise. They can break boundaries. They can do great things. If the anger is directed in the right way. If the anger is directed in the wrong way, they can destroy a world. They can destroy a world. So anger is this powerful energy of emotion. Imagine if you could transmute your anger against yourself into fixing yourself up and break down the barriers which obstruct your fulfillment of your upper world. So then you could... That's a Gemara in Brachas. Get angry with yourself. Yes, it's a way of working on yourself. Get angry with yourself. Become furious. And you'll use that anger to obliterate that lowly part of self. You following me? Mm -hmm. So what happens to us? We take that anger and then we sublimate it. And instead of using it to fix ourselves up, we use it to push others down. So when I'm upset with myself, I don't suck in the anger and fix myself up. I spit out the anger on everyone around me. That's called having a bad day. People who have bad days is because they go through this process and step two, they get angry and then step two is not, gosh, I have to change. Step two is, I have to say, I can't change. I can't change. And therefore, now that is not seichel. That's not seichel. What happens is as follows. Now let me describe it to you, Mikey. Step one, higher part sees the lowly behavior, becomes frustrated. Then, another lowly part of self intervenes, <coughs> stops the higher part from redirecting the energy towards self-perfection and then the part which is let's say honor that says what do you mean I'm lowly? I can't be lowly I'm perfect, there's nothing wrong with me, but now this anger's got nowhere to go so then what's wrong with you? Why are you late? Why are you wearing a white shirt with Adidas? What, you're advertising free for the company? How pathetic. And you paid money for them, they paid you. You paid money, but why they paid you? You advertise, you free. Oh, really? I was working for the company. There you go. You following me? It's amazing how people so you, pay you, you, to, they pay money to advertise other people's products. Hi, how much can I pay for your shirt? Well, it depends. How much 
Well, if it's a very big horseman, can I pay a lot of money for it? Yes, you can pay lots of money. And then I'll be able to show everyone else and advertise for you 100%. Okay. Sorry. So, you're saying you can have two simultaneous... Simultaneous. Simultaneous. <laughs> Pronounce it right. <laughs> just my point. Um, so you, you actually have three things. So you have your intellect, you, know, you have your laziness because you didn't put your phone in the right place, and then you have your intellect which gets mad at you. So then this laziness and then honor team up against your intellect, intellect which then is like an atom bomb of emotion that you can't deal with. And then so you just shoot to the camera, project, boom. And the correct way to process this. But so now, so now the correct way of processing it is now engaging in how would you do it right? How would you do it right? So now this is where you have to engage in the internal dialogue. Just briefly, the internal dialogue, maybe we can explore it further. The internal dialogue is you actually, you start, and this is, this is your problem, Fagan, is that if you can't see, <laughs> one of your problems, if you can't see, not, I'm saying not like you're the only one to share the problems, I mean, Kane and Hora, we've got a, what to deal with. Uh, but what, 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 if you have to give names to the different parts of self, the more labels of wider your vocabulary is of, of what's going on inside, the more in touch you are with your internal mechanisms, the happier you can be. The, the worst and most frustrating thing is I know stuff's going on inside and I can't do anything with it because I can't, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's very frustrating. It's almost, that in itself becomes a point of creating internal anger. Sometimes it's expressed passively, sometimes it turns into depression, all kinds of different stuff. So what you do is you create this internal dialogue. In the internal dialogue, you make an explicit reference to the different parts of the self which you're discussing. So in our example, you say, okay, my seichel is now saying to my atlas, to my laziness, why did you make the careless mistake of doing that? You know there was a good probability that it could have fallen. And then now my, my laziness has to speak back. This is called a discussion, a dialogue between the nefesh and the seichel. When, the, when, when that dialogue occurs, you'll be able to redirect your anger. Hopefully, if you remind me tomorrow, we'll explore a little bit more about that dialogue. Thank you, Rabosa. What would your laziness say back to you after you say that?